Welcome to the Fight Chat Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events for the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How was your weekend? Weekend was good. I traveled back to Dallas. Dallas. For a fantasy football draft. Okay, okay. So how many teams do you have, uh, you personally? Yes. So in in this league, there's 10 uh, teams. Okay. In this league. I have a total of three fantasy drafts that I do, so I have three teams. Okay, so was uh, were you consistent in who you drafted number one? Yes. So, so this 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 week this last weekend is the first one. I have two more next weekend. Oh, okay. 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 So this weekend uh, I ended up with my first, it was an auction draft. So I okay. ended up um, drafting um, well bidding and winning uh, Justin Jefferson. Okay. Wide receiver. He's the number Min- one pick Minnesota overall. Vikings. Minnesota Vikings. Right. Uh, a yeah. quarterback, Jared Goff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Derrick Henry is a running back. That's a good one. Right. Okay. Devontae Adams. Now, he's mm. in Las Vegas. Las he's, Vegas now, he's right? He's Ra- Raiders. Hmm. Don't they have a quarterback issues with Carr maybe not playing? Or? Carr is no longer there. Yeah, so. That's correct. Yeah. Huh. I wonder who their quarterback is going to be. Jordan Love. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let's see, what else I got? Uh, Tyler Higby. Okay. Yep. Is his Chiefs? Uh, he's a Chargers. Chargers. He's a tight end. Chargers, yeah. And then I, I ended up doing a backup quarterback this time because I wanted to uh, have uh, a combo of wide receiver and cor- and quarterback, right, so I ended right. up getting Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. You know, I think Kirk Cousins probably put more uh, put some really good uh, numbers up. He actually does put some good numbers yeah, up. Yeah, so yeah. he doesn't win. but Yes, yes. He doesn't always win, right. but he at least he's a good fantasy player. So, so. no Dak Prescott? No Dak Prescott. Wow. And, and no Cowboys at all? No CD Lamb? They're already gone or what? Here, here's the thing. Uh, we have a few play, a few team owners that are Cowboy homers. Yeah. So, of course, they overpay for yeah, you yeah. Know, the Prescotts and Pollards and the yeah. CD Lambs. Right. And I wasn't willing to do that. Okay. Yeah, I have a no bias, even though I do like them. Oh, okay. I am. Does, don't you think that that's what, has, that's what fantasy football has come to, that you know we no longer really have a absolute team to root for because – we're still rooting for the Giants because, oh, you know, Saquon Barkley's on my is my fantasy guy, and I want him to score points. So us veterans of fantasy football have an unwritten rule. Right. Whenever the Cowboys are playing or your favorite team, you cannot, you know, uh, cheer on your fantasy players on the opposite team. Uh, so if they're playing Tennessee Titans, yeah. I'm not wishing on Derrick Henry, my running back, Some to two hundred yards. Yeah, to crush the defense. Yeah. Wow. So it's an unwritten rule, but you are right. It kind of gets to that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, back in the day, probably when I was in the early 20s, um, I really wasn't into fantasy football, but uh-huh. I was really into uh, Madden football, right? Being, yes. And I would stack my teams, and I would buy the fantasy magazines, fantasy football oh. magazines, to say, oh, this is the best best quarterback. Okay, I'm going to stack. I'm going to trade. Or I never even that. thought of that. And then, you know, just uh, using the statistics from, from the magazines to create my stack team. And that's funny you say that because this year I actually used the rating system from the Madden to okay. like use on my fantasy so football. Yeah, I go, yeah. oh, yeah, okay, Patrick Mahomes or, oh, yeah, or whoever yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. The other thing I did last weekend is I went to the movies. Oh, did you see Blue Ble- Beetle? I went to opening day of Blue Beetle. All right, it's you, DC. Yeah, of course. You know, of course some, I'm there. you have to be there. Yeah, I right. mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of other uh, empty seats there, but um. <laughs> sir, let me tell you, I got my seats on Tuesday night, so I wouldn't lose a seat because yeah. it'd be packed. Yeah, Friday, there were seven people in there. Yeah, that's disappointing. Out of three hundred seats. 300 seats because yes. you were in Dallas, right? I was in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seven people out Let of me just put it to you this way. I looked at every showing that day, Yeah. and Barbie still had more people in Oh, there. I know. Barbie's over a billion dollars now. And unfortunately, I can tell you why there wasn't many many people going to see this. And so what's your rating on it? 6.5. Six 6.5, that bad? It really wasn't very good. Man. You know what? Um, I've been hearing a lot of rumors. Of course, you know, DC's having their issues. They're, they they're going to – they're rebooting. They're trying to – they're in the middle of trying to redo everything, right? But this movie was actually filmed as a straight to like HBO Max movie or like a series movie. Should have. And 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 they they say it just has all those tones of being a 
HBO Max movie or a, a, a series movie. It's a very family driven. Right. It's it's a Hispanic family. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Origin uh, from the Hispanic kid who right. turns into Blue Beetle. The thing I did really like about it is. Uh, the the colors of it reminds right. me of the eighties. It was very eighties yeah. kind of color yeah. driven. Who was the director? It's it, it's not James Gunn, right? Because I don't know I, who the director typically was. Typically, James Gunn yeah. does a lot of color, like the yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy and things like that. Do you know who the uh, villain was in it? Um, uh, no, I don't. Susan Sarandon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Susan Sarandon. She did good. She doesn't age, does she? She doesn't seem to age. No. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, but um, no. See, I've been thinking about doing it, but I have been holding off going to the Blue Beetle. Um, just because of my Marvel roots, right? Yeah, right? Marvel like, roots. I'm yeah, a, I'm a Marvel yeah. person, but I really wanted to support Blue Beetle, you know, in you know one way or another. But um, I just couldn't do it. That or haven't even done. I wanted to do Ninja Tur- Turtles also, right? But I don't know if that's even striking a chord with me, like you know, making me feel like going. This this is from me coming. I mean, this is coming a lot for me. Yeah, save your money and wait till it yeah. streams, and it probably will stream really ser- soon because yeah. The other day, I watched uh, Transformers on HBO Max. Yeah. Did you like it? It was okay. It's just Transformers, right? I mean, and so it's it's, it's probably best to be a streamed movie. So we'll see what happens with Aquaman's the next one, right? I heard they're going to shelf it. Oh, wow. For a bit. Wow. Yeah, they're talking to shelving it for a bit. So what do you think is going to happen to this whole DC saga? I don't know. Like, I, I... I'm kind of speechless. I mean, right. it, it seems like every movie keeps getting worse. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, you know? hopefully, hopefully yeah. it uh, makes a bounce back. Sometimes yeah. some people are also saying superhero fatigue. There's yeah. too many movies out there, yeah. you know, and out that. How was your weekend? My weekend was, as always, uneventful. Um, what did we do? This, um, let me see. Saturday. Oh, you know, the last couple of weeks, uh, I've been taking my daughter swimming. And I, you we, did. We, so did you we go went, again? We went again on okay. Sunday. And how was it? Good it, experience. Pretty, pretty good experience. My little girl is starting to learn how to float now. You know, you know, lay on her back and you know, just let her let the water take her body. We talked about this yeah. last episode. Yeah. They don't know how to swim right. really. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm glad that you're getting them in that water. Yeah. So yeah. just doing that. Um, let's see. What else did we do? Dang, I hate this. I hate trying to reminisce. <laughs> thinking about what I did. Well, look here. At the end of the day, Saturday was a big pay per view. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, it was huge. Exactly. I mean, that's probably what we probably did was just prepare for Saturday night because we did have a huge UFC 292 match. And let's just go ahead and jump into our MMA segment for this past week, where we are recapping again UFC 292 Sterling versus O'Malley. This was live from um, Boston, Massachusetts, this past August 19th. Kicking off a recap, we do have Marlon Chido Vera versus Pedro Munoz in a bantamweight division clash. One fighter looking to bounce from a loss in Vera and the other Munoz looking to be in the top 10 with a win. Vera came in 21-8 and eight with one um, no contest, ranked 7th in the division. His last win came last August into 2022 against Dominic Cruz. He is coming off a split decision loss to Corey Sanhagen. Pedro Munoz came came in twenty and seven with a thirteenth ranked thirteenth in the division. His last win came against um, Chris Gutierrez in April of twenty twenty three. He is also he is four and two in his last six fights. We saw a glimpse of the old Vera this time, didn't we? Hey, that jab. I mean, that jab is perfect. Just And I think that's one of the key things. that you, If you want to be a mixed martial artist or a combat fighter, you got to get work on that jab and have the perfect jab for that because this set everything up for him. He had accurate strikes, lots of counters, right. very good short combos. And to me, he didn't have much volume, but when he threw – he hit. He, he landed hit his with mark. intention. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Munoz tried to take him down a couple times. Um, uh, Vera did have really good defensive uh, ground game yep, too. Absolutely. In the end, we do have Marlon Vera winning by unanimous decision: thirty twenty-seven, thirty twenty-seven, and twenty-nine twenty-eight. Um, man, Marlon Vera looks good. He's looking back on track. He would have been in the championship fight, right? That's right. At this time, That's if right. he hadn't fell to Corey Sanhagen. Yeah. So and, what and, do you think's next? And he didn't look himself. 21-8-1, and 15-7 now in the UFC. A great fight. A great win. One could argue that he is in line for a title shot again. Um, I believe one more fight would put him in discussion for sure. However, 
The opponent I have for him is not going to be an easy night out. How about Triple C, Henry Cejudo, next? See, but is he, is he going to fight again? Triple C. That's the other question, right? We don't know if he's going to yeah. come. He, he did come out of retirement for that fight against Aljamain Sterling. Didn't work out for him. We haven't really heard anything from him since. Anything coming up as far as what's next for him? I, I don't think we heard anything because he was waiting on an outcome mm-hmm. that we will discuss here shortly. Okay. And I think all of a sudden he's going to be back in the mix in this division. I also think that Veta is in line for the next title shot. I mean, I think yeah. there's, if not than Corey Sanhagen, but Sanhagen's hurt, right? So I think he's Sanhagen's out for maybe a few months, maybe half a year um, because of a torn uh, labrum, I think. Is Vera in line for next up or in line for one more fight then title shot? What, well, I'll, I'll get think? into it when we okay. cover the Sean right, O'Malley. Very good. One. How about Pedro Munoz? 20-8, and 8-11 eight, eight and 11 in the UFC, a tough loss where he came up short. Uh, not likely he's going to be trying another title run given his age, but there's a lot of fun matchups he could still uh, have in the future. I have a date with Ricky Simone. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think Pedro Munoz. He just you know got caught with a very perfect, uh, you know, on point uh, Chito Vera, yeah. and um, I think he just continued trying to move up in, in the ranks. I picked Munoz because I was I was really liking the way he was coming off of that win against Chris Gutierrez. Four and two in the last six fights, and um, I just I think he's. We'll probably talk about him later on in the future. Absolutely. Next up, we do have the co-main event of the evening: Zhang Wei Li versus Amanda Lemos in a women's strawweight division championship clash. The once again new crowned champion looking to show why she's the apex predator in the strawweight division. Zhang Wei Li, she came in twenty-three and three. She coming off of the her last win, which is the championship win against Carla Esparza. Now on a two fight was was on a two fight winning streak coming in. Amanda Lemos, thirteen and two, ranked seventh in the division. Her last win came by TKO in November of twenty twenty two against Mariana Rodriguez. She is now seven two seven and two in the UFC coming into this fight. Champ was dominant in this one, wasn't she? Man, I can't I can't believe how dominant she really looked. Even though Lemos, I mean, if this whole fight stayed on the on their feet, um, I think Lemos would have had a little bit better chance. Yeah, yeah. But Zhang Weili knew what she had to do. Put we- her on the ground. Weili was very patient. Patient. She let the fight come to her, and even when she got in trouble in a darsh choke, she stayed calm Just and worked her way out. And and the problem, the difference between. Wei Lee, the champion, and most other fighters is when they get in a darts choke or some submission, they panic. Panic, yeah. And you can't panic in those situations, and that's why she's the champion. And we can see how dangerous Amanda Lemos could could be if she was, you know, if this was the same level of fighting, right? Yeah. Uh, Amanda Lemos came out with several attempts to get a darts choke, right? Even jumped on the neck of uh, Zhang Wei Lee to almost secure something towards the end of the first or second round. Um and she landed some big shots against uh, Zhang Weili. She did. And, but total dominance. Other than that, total domination for Zhang Weili. In that fifth round, when Lemos came out, you could tell that she was very defeated. And she was just trying to hang in for the rest of the fight. I mean, she was out of ideas. There was nothing working this night for her, unfortunately. In the end, we do have Zhang Weili retaining her title. She won- wins by unanimous decision 50-43. 50-44 and 49-45. What do you think is next for Zhang Weili? 24-3. 8-2 in the UFC now. Awesome performance. She looks unstoppable at this point. There has been talk about a fight in her home country of China and match up against another hometown fighter in Yang Zhan. I think towards the end of the year, they're going to try to go back to China. That would be an amazing UFC. fight. The other f- name I have here is someone that hadn't fought in like two years, okay. but has shot up the rankings to number two in the division. Who? Tatiana Suarez. They ha- had said that they had thought that uh, Wei Lee was going to fight one of the two names that we just talked about and that somehow Lamoche was in the right, right. right place at the yeah. right time. You know, Suarez had been out. So, yeah, I mean, either one of those names – is is going to be good competition for for the champ. How about uh, Amanda Lemos? 
13, 3, and 1, 7, and 3 in the UFC now. Tough loss, and it was clearly not on the level. She is not on the level of the super elites in this division. Uh, a bounce back fight for her could be Arena Jabberwa at number eight in the rankings. I like that. Um, next up, we do have the main event of the evening Sean O'Malley versus Aljamain Sterling for the Bantamweight title. An all-time great bantamweight champion in Sterling was looking to stop the budding star of O'Malley and continue his nine-fight winning streak. How Jermaine Sterling came in 23-3. and three. His last win came against Henry Cejudo back in May of 2023. Sean O'Malley, 16-1, ranked fourth in the division, coming off his win this past October against Peter Yan. 5-0 in his last six fights. Champ came out pressing. He came out pressing. O'Malley had to be evasive, using some of the counters to stop Sterling from landing his strikes. I mean, and, and that was a game plan. And I O'Malley thought. would just just stay on the feet, stay yes. on the feet. Yes. You know, avoid him to try to take him down, right? Avoid a takedown because he knew, he even pointed it out, right, saying that I've, if I'm going to win, it's not going to be on the ground. Yeah. Right? And so that's what happened. Sean O'Malley did avoid um, all the trying to, the takedowns. I don't know if Al Jermaine Sterling threw a lot of uh, shots, you know. Tried he didn't. To, you know what I mean? So he was never in danger of getting the big shot landed. As, as Sean O'Malley was never in danger. Look, O'Malley's game plan, from what I saw, was counter, counter, counter. counter. And when I find that perfect strike, uh, then I'm going to land it and hopefully knock him down. And the perfect strike did come. In the second round, and where Aljamain Sterling came in lunging in, and Sean O'Malley moving backwards yep. gets a perfect shot. Yes, perfect. Knocks down uh, the champion. Um, you know, eventually the ref does step in after several blows and several hammer fists, hammer fists onto the ground. Yeah, uh, I guess for an instant I was like, "What? Let him stand up?" Because he turned around to try to stand up. But you know, I thought he split turned, Yeah, I thought he turned over to stop the strike going to his face. Yeah. To be quite honest with you, and I thought the ref did a good job of allowing it to continue for a, a bit and allow the champion to get back up. And it, it in his eyes, kind of maybe in my eyes, I don't think he was getting. The other up. thing is that we're not right there in the no. in the center, right? Yeah. We're not there yeah. over them, seeing his eyes maybe roll back or something like yeah. that. So that's that's something I'll give to the referee. And you know what? No one else is really talking about was this fight. Stop too short, you know, right. or too soon. Um, Sean O'Malley again does defeat Aljamain Sterling by TKO in the second round. Um, what do you think's next for Sean O'Malley? Your boy, yeah, your boy. I'm proud of him. You uh, should be proud of him. Yeah, Sean O'Malley is the well, bantamweight champion. I even say, you got to be the man, you got to beat the man, and, and he I, did it, and he did it. Yeah, and that's, props to him. Yeah. So this journey is finally the mission's complete for that's him right. right now. Seventeen and one, eight and one UFC now. Haters are gonna hate. Yeah. But Sean O'Malley did what he said he was gonna do, be the champion one day and knock out one of the greatest in this division. And he he did it. He 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 lauded the praises of Aljamain Sterling right. throughout the week, saying probably one of the greatest bantamweights ever. But if I knock him out, what does that make me? And so now that makes him champion. Um Obvious next Who's fight. Who's next? Well, that's where I got come back, where Cheeto Vera enters the stage. Yes. I think Sean O'Malley is willing to take this fight, even though Vera is not ranked number two or number one in division, just because there, there is some animosity, some hatred between each other, because Cheeto Vera did beat, get a TKO. That's that one lost. Against um, Sean O'Malley, who Sean O'Malley says he's still undefeated no matter what anybody says, according to the Sean O'Malley Nevada uh, State Athletic Commission. Um, he's still undefeated. The money fight is the fight you just came up with. Yeah. Vera versus O'Malley. However, the man that should get this title shot is Sterling's best friend. Deshavili, right? Murab Dishavili. He's been waiting patiently. Yes. He's been waiting for his best friend to lo- either lose a belt or move up in the weight, and he should have the next fight. But does Sean O'Malley does uh but does Aljamain Sterling wants a crack back at that belt? Well, he's come out and said he wants a rematch, but in my opinion, he doesn't deserve it because he kind of got beat. It wasn't a split decision. It wasn't a close fight. Uh, 
I feel like he needs to either fight in this division or move up, like he said. I think the ne- the best thing to do for him is to move up, go up. But again, we got the next the next person there is what is uh um is um Ale- Alexander Volkanovsky. Yeah, so so let's talk about Sterling. He's twenty three and four, fifteen and four in the UFC. Obviously, a tough loss. Some say he got caught. Uh, I saw he was uh, just fought a better fighter that night. Uh, I believe he's a super elite fighter. I want to see uh, what he can do at featherweight division at 145 pounds. So let's play the where do we rank him at 145. Let's stop, start at the top 10. Al Jermaine Sterling versus Calvin Cater. Does he beat him? I think I think he could. Calvin Cater is a little bit older. Um, yep. I'm not I'm not sure he's as dangerous, and I put that in quotes. Dangerous as he used to be. Chang Sung Young. Does he beat beat him? Um, I think he does. I think he does, too. Number eight, does he beat Brian Ortega? Man, that would be a really good fight. It would be a good fight, wouldn't it? Like the grappling. Let's just say for the sake of conversation, yes. Okay. Number seven, Mosar Ilovi. I think so. Think so? I think so. Number six, Josh Emmett. Yeah, I think he could. I think yeah. so, too. Top five. So, we got Sterling cracking this top five. Arnold Allen. Oh, that's a good wrestling, too. Um, I think he can beat him. I think so, too. I think so, too. If he could get, if he could get big, right, get, maintain that weight. Yep. Number four, Ili Topora. Oh, man. I think he can because uh, Topora is more of a... I'm a, I'm a lucky. I'm a, not really a lucky fighter, but he will catch you, which yeah. I don't think Sterling will. Will I mean, even though he did get caught, but man, I don't know. That's we're we're kind of there, yeah, right? Number there. four, but let's let's say he did. Top three is he beating Yarir Rodriguez? Um, man, okay, I'm gonna say I think so. I think he probably could beat Yarir Rodriguez. I do too. Yeah. Can he beat the gatekeeper himself, Holloway. Max the Blessed Holloway? I, I see him taking him to the ground and trying to take him to the ground. I think so, too. I, th- I think he would be reminiscent of a, a, uh, a uh, O'Malley versus uh, Sterling. I think it's so almost too. the same stature. But Sterling won't make that same mistake yeah. against Holloway, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then we've got Alexander the Great. Is he going to is he going to win that champion championship against Alex Volganowski? Uh, I don't think so. No. I mean Max Holloway's tried 3 times I know. to no avail. Yeah. Um you know the interesting thing about uh one of those is I think uh that uh Ortega being ranked number 7th I believe. Kind of interesting he's so yeah. low, right? And uh, I I think he probably could beat like um a uh, Ilya Toporia or a Arnold Allen. Who? Uh Ortega. I I do too. So it's kind of kind of skewing the 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 charts. So <clears throat> your opinion, you're his manager. Is he should he move up or stay and try to get a rematch or stay in the division? Um, uh, I would hate to clog up that division again. Yeah, and just go ahead and move up. Yep, I agree. Challenge. Well, do we have any bonuses in, in this UFC pay per view? Yeah, we did. We actually we had two um, performances of the night. Can you guess? It's got to be O'Malley, right? And. What about Wei Lee? Yeah, she did. They did get they did get fifty thousand dollars. Good each. for them. Uh, Fight of the night was not on the the main card, but it was on the preliminary card. Who was it? Brad Katana versus Cody Gibson, and I believe that was a um, the uh, a ultimate fighting championship. Yeah, the ultimate final. fighting championship final. Yeah, exactly. Good. Well, what'd you think of the pay per view? Where where'd you final finalize your bar? Um. Well, let's just uh, just touch up a little bit on the main card, right? Uh, Marlon Vera, Vera started off surprisingly. Were you surprised he was, he was number one? I was kind of surprised. I was surprised. Yeah. Uh, Mario Baptista was supposed to fight Cody Garbrandt. Uh, Damon Blackshear tried to make history. He was trying to win uh, two fights in one week. Because okay. he fought last week. Oh. Uh, uh, in, at the UFC Apex, I believe. Okay. And now, and then we have a fairly newcomer, Ian Machado Gary, f- defeating Neil Magny. Yeah, that was impressive. Very impressive. Uh, man, Neil Magny ate some really terrible leg shots. He did. Um, and that, so now I'm interested to see what the trajectory is for Ian Gary. Um, Zhang Weili defending her title, I guess some will say very easily. And then uh, the shocker of the night, 
I don't know why, but Sean O'Malley wins the championship. And didn't we also have the return of Chris Weidman? Oh, yeah, that's right. In the preliminary, the, yeah. the main event of the preliminary. And he threw that kick just to make sure that leg was going to be okay. Yeah, and his other leg um, was not okay. It was not okay. Because Brad Tavares really uh, took it to him on he the other did. leg. I think uh, he, he tore his MCL. Yeah. And so that's uh, that's tough right there for Chris Weidman. Um, overall, I'm, I'm going to say an eight. Just an give, eight? Yeah. I mean. I would agree with an eight. Yeah, I would agree. Not with too eight. flashy, but yeah. man, it's exciting. The the main event was very exciting. It was uh, the Marlon Vera was exciting, and, and you know Vera, Vera coming back, yeah. which we said we're we, you know we're Vera fans, and just seeing the dominance of Wei Lee in the in that strawweight division. Well, the UFC train keeps marching on, chugging down the the train tracks. There's like no break, right? There's no opportunity for. For everyone to soak it in that Sean O'Malley is the no. champion. Nope, we got another big match live from the Singapore Indoor Stadium, August 26th. We have USC on ESPN Holloway versus the Korean Zombie. Kicking off our preview, we do have Aaron Blanchfield versus Talia Santos in a flyweight division clash. This is at 125 pounds. Alexa Grasso is our current champion. Now, Aaron, cold blooded. Blanchfield is 24 years old, 11-1 with two KOs, four submissions, and five decisions. She is currently ranked third in this division. Her last five was a win by submission in the second round, February of this year, and she's on an eight-fight win streak. Now, Tila Santos is 30 years old, 19-2 with 10 KOs, three submissions, and six decisions. She is currently ranked sixth in this division. Her last fight was a loss by decision June of last year, and she is 3-1. In her last four fights. Now Blanchfield is a minus 140. And Santos is a plus 120. Aaron Blanchfield is from New Jersey. She stands at 5'4 with a 68 inch reach. She represents Henzo Gracie Academy. Notable wins come against Jessica Andrade, Molly McCann, and J.G. Aldrich. Notable losses come against Tracy Cortez. Talia Santos is from Brazil. She stands at 5'6 with a 68 inch reach. She represents Austria Fight Team. Notable wins come against Joanne Wood, Roxanne Malfanderi, and Jillian Robertson. Notable losses come against Valentina Shevchenko and Mar- Mara Romero Borea. What a fight. Man, I am what a fight. so excited. For I'm this excited fight. to see Talia Santos come back by almost defeating Shevchenko um, uh, almost a year ago. Yes. Yeah. And, and then Aaron Blanchfield is on a tear. I mean, she has to win this fight to get the next title shot. The winner of this fight will ha- probably have the next f- title fight against Alexa Grasso. Or, or, or Shashenko because they're fighting each other next true, month. True that. Yeah. Who do you have winning? I got Blanchfield by submission in the second. I also have Blanchfield, but by decision. Okay. Next up, we have the co-main event of the evening, Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann in a light heavyweight clash. This is at a 205 pounds. The title is currently vacated. Now, Anthony Lionheart Smith is 35 years old, 36 and 18, with 19 KOs, 14 submissions, and two decisions. He is currently ranked ninth in this division. His last fight was a loss by decision May of this year, and he is on a two-fight losing streak. Now, Ryan Superman Span is 31 years old, 21 and 8, with eight KOs, 12 submissions, and three decisions. He is currently ranked 10th in this division. His last fight was a loss by submission in the first round, March of this year, and he's 2-2 two and two in his last four fights. Now, Span is a minus 145, and Smith is a plus 125. Anthony Smith is from Omaha, Nebraska. He stands at 6'4 with a 76-inch reach. He represents Factory X MMA. Notable wins come against Ryan Span, Jimmy Crute, Devin, and Devin Clark. Notable losses come against Johnny Walker, Magomed Ankalaev, and Glover Teixeira. Ryan Spann is from Tennessee. He stands at 6'5 with an 81 and a half inch reach. He represents Fortis MMA. Notable wins come against Dominic Reyes, Ian Kutalaba, and Misha Serkinov. Notable losses come against Anita Kor- Nikita Korlov, Anthony Smith, and Johnny Walker. Another exciting fight for me. A rematch. A rematch. I like it. I love it. Who do you have winning? Can't go against a Superman. I'm going with Span by KO in the second round. I'm also going with um, Ryan Span. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and get a decision win f- for Ryan Span. Uh, I just 
Anthony Smith just hasn't looked the same in the last few fights. It's it's like the Vera thing. Vera right. didn't look the same. Smith right now just doesn't look like the Lionheart Smith that we have truly loved in the past. Next up, we do have the main event of the evening, Max Holloway versus the Korean Zombie um, in a featherweight division clash. This is at 145 pounds. Alex Volganowski is our current champion. Now, Max, blessed Holloway, is 31 years old, 24-7 and with 10 KOs, 2 submissions, and 12 decisions. He is currently ranked second in this division. His last fight was a win by decision April of this year, and he is 3-1 in his last four fights. Now, Chang, the Korean zombie, Sung Chung is 36 years old, 17 and 7 with 6 KOs, 5 submissions and 3 decisions. He is currently ranked 9th in this division. His last fight was a loss by TKO in the 4th round, April of last year, and he is 2 and 2 in his last 4 fights. Now Holloway is a massive favorite at minus 800 and the Korean Zombie is a underdog at plus 600. Max Holloway is from Hawaii. He stands at 5'11 with a 69-inch reach. He represents Gracie Technics. Notable wins come against Arnold Allen, Yari Rodriguez, and Calvin Cater. Notable losses come against Alexander Volkanovsky, Dustin Poirier, and Connor, Connor McGregor. The Korean Zombie is from South Korea. He stands at 5'9 with a 74-inch reach. He represents Korean Zombie MMA. Notable wins come against Dan Ige. Frankie Edgar, and Hanato Makaino. Notable losses came against Alexander Volkanovsky, Brian Ortega, and Jose Aldo. I'm excited about this main event, too. I am, too. Um, it's going to be all at war. I don't, think, I don't see anybody going to the ground for this one. Do you find the odds really, I mean, gosh, minus 800? Yeah, it's kind of a disrespectful, but maybe this is something that, maybe this is a going away fight for Sean, uh korean zombie yeah maybe this is the last time we'll see him fight maybe uh, how old is max holloway 31 years old you feel i feel like he's 41 <laughs> I like, like i just every time we talk about him i feel like this is his last fight because we've seen him so many times but 31 years old this is amazing and 31 to 34 is usually the prime yeah exactly it's crazy yeah crazy so who do you got i got max holloway by decision I also got Max Holloway by decision. So, where are we setting this bar? Do we got some other fights that are interesting? Uh, they got some really good names on this fight. I mean, of course, we have um, you know Max Holloway, Anthony Smith, Ryan Spann, uh, Korean Zombie, Aaron Blanchfield, Tyler Santos, Justin Taffa is also on here with Parker Porter on here. One of uh, the uh, Parker Porter. Um, we also Giga Chikatsi. Chikatsi is coming back um, to fight Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres. Oh yay! Yeah. So and that's the main event. So it's it's gonna be a really good fight, and I'm pretty sure this is uh probably earlier in the day, right? Early in the morning, it, maybe. It, yeah, I think maybe. so. I haven't looked yet, but I think it's pretty young. It's pretty uh early. Early, right? I th I think so. I had to double check that. Where did you set the bar though? The bar, um, I'm gonna go ahead and put. I'm gonna go ahead and seven. I'm start. I start at seven. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna it. be a seven two five. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our MMA segment. Now on to our MMA news and notes. Michael Chandler on McGregor fight date. He says, "You tell me. You tell me." We heard Connor last weekend talking about towards the end of the year, and I'm ready for that tomorrow. I'm ready for the end of the year, whenever it is. Ultimately, whenever it happens, it's going to happen at the exact right time. I want it to be the biggest, baddest, best Connor we've seen in a very long time. 170, 155, 185. Whatever weight class you want to do it at, I'll fight him whenever, wherever, however. So, I think we talked about it last week. You think we're getting this fight? Mm, I severely doubt it. I think we get a Chandler fight by the end of the year, but not a Conor McGregor and Chandler fight. I, I, I think you're right. Well, I don't know if you, this is um, something we probably already mentioned before, but have you heard this before? A boxing fighter is going to the MMA. Gosh, uh, I think didn't wasn't there a fighter that went to MMA a couple weeks ago? 
I think didn't Amanda Serrano say that she was. It was Amanda Serrano, right? Yeah. Went to the PFL, is that right? Yeah, and okay. we are, we have another person jumping in. Clarissa Shields is also in the PFL, right? She re-signed with the PFL, right? And Kayla Harrison's already there. Yeah, female fighter. Savannah Marshall. What is is the undisputed right now? She's right now the undisputed super middleweight champion of the world. Is now the latest female fighter to jump in from boxing to MMA. Is the PFL locking down the boxing women's division? Uh, yeah, amazing, yeah, right? Sure, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's pretty good money. It has to be good uh, money, right? To, that's incredible. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, uh, man, she is. This is probably going to be the the first one that's probably. Um, I mean, Clarissa Shields is is a mainstream boxer, right? The, what a big name right. here too. Amanda Serrano is a big name too, but also Savannah Marshall, another undisputed champion. You you know who they're going next? Next two? Who's that? It's going to be Baumgartner. Yeah, right. Probably. Yeah. And Katie Taylor. Probably so. <laughs> right? Maybe the thing is too is that maybe there's more competition in in MMA. I'm excited. So Daniel, I decided since it seemed to be the hot topic of the year, I decided to jump on AI. Okay. And I decided to ask it a question. I said, who is the top five UFC fighters of all time? Okay. And it came back with creating a definitive list of the top five UFC fighters of all time can be subjective and continuous as opinions vary based on personal preferences and errors. However, based on their impact, records, and contributions to the sports, the following fighters are often regarded as some of the greatest UFC fighters. So, sir, give me the top five. What do you think it, AI came up with? What if I can't give you the top five in order? But no, I don't about, need order. So, um, GSP, George's St. Pierre. Number two. Right. John Jones. Number one. Uh, I, I want to say right now, Alexander Volkanovsky. No. Okay. Um, so that means that it's probably more biased to people that are older. Older, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Conor McGregor's got to be up there, right? Conor McGregor no. didn't wow. even make honor mel- honorable wow. mentions. Okay, so top five. Um, oh, uh, the Iceman. Iceman made top made honorable mention. Okay, Cortor probably honorable mention. Honorable too. mention. Yeah. Um, who else? Golly, uh, it's just Daniel Cormier. No. Wow. Okay. So go ahead. Who's, okay. Who's the, the last honorable mention was Ronda Rousey. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number five, Nurmagan Madoff. Okay. Number four, Mighty Mouse himself, Demetrius yeah, Johnson. Sure. He's still going. And number three, the Spider Anderson Silva. Oh yeah. Wow. Are you okay with that top five? Pretty much. Again, like like AI is so smart, right? It says that uh, it's subjective. It is. If you've been around a long time with UFC, you would agree with this, right? Yes. But, it, but then look at I've I've been in the, around UFC probably last six years, price, and I've grown up with Alexander Volkanovsky, Conor McGregor. Here's the problem with AI right now. Yeah. It only takes information that is 2021 and older. It does not take current right now. So that's why a Volganovsky is not going to be in there, or Conor McGregor. Yeah. Do you have any other news? I do not. That wraps up our MMA segment for this week. Now on to our boxing segment, where we actually didn't have a, a recap. Strange. It's very strange, you know, that we don't have a boxing recap, but it just worked out that way. Yeah, it sure did. But that kind of prepares us for a big mox- boxing preview for this week. Preview in Alexander Usyk versus Daniel Dubois. This is going to be this the August 26th from Warclaw, Poland, in a heavyweight division clash. This is at 200 plus pounds. Alexander Usyk, Tyson Fury, Daniel Dubois, and Joe Joyce is our other current champions. Now this is for the IBF, IBO, WBA, and WBO championship belts. Alexander Usyk is 36 years old, 20 and 0. With 13 KOs, he is currently ranked first in this division. His last fight was a win by split decision August of last year, and he debuted in 2013. Now, Daniel Dynamite Dubas is 25 years old, 19 and 1. With 18 KOs, he is currently ranked fifth in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the third round 
December of last year, and he debuted in 2017. Now, Usyk is a minus 1,000, and Dubas is a plus 600. Oleksandr Usyk is from Ukraine. He stands at 6'3 with a 78-inch reach. He fights out of the Southpaw fight stance and now has a 65% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Anthony Joshua, Derek Chisora, and Tony Bellew. He has no losses. Danny Dubois is from United Kingdom. He stands at 6'5 with a 78-inch reach. He fights out of the Orthodox fight stance and now has a 94% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Kevin Lorena, Trevor Bryan, and Joe Kusumano. Notable losses come against Joe Joyce. I like both these fighters. I do too. But there's levels to this, right? There is, but they're both champions. So is there? Is there a different level? Is he a champion? Is Daniel Dubois a champion? I've seen a belt around his waist. Mm. Yeah, but I think think you have to beat the champion to be the champion. He beat another champion, Joe Joyce, didn't he? Um, no, Joe Joyce beat him. Oh, Joe Joyce yeah, beat him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So uh, the thing is, I think it's an interim championship. Well, so. the odds makers say there are levels as well because it's a minus 1,000. Oh, my gosh. For Usyk. Well, I would, I would be putting some money on Daniel Dubois. Plus 600. Five bucks wins you 50. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, you know what? For the sake of, you know, records and everything, I'm going to go ahead and say Alexander Usyk by TKO in the eighth round. Okay. Well, I am going to take Usyk by decision. All right. Also, you got a lot of respect for Daniel Dubois there. I do. I yeah, do. And, yeah, Daniel Dubois, again, he his only loss really comes against uh, Joe Joyce where he got an eye. His, his eye was badly yeah. messed up where he just yep. took a knee and said, I'll just live to fight another day. Yeah. What's going to happen with this heavyweight title? I mean, we still got Deontay Wilder and maybe Anthony Joshua fighting at towards the end of the year. Um, I just this whole heavyweight division is kind of a mess right now. Now, I haven't watched the docu series that's on Netflix right now, but there's apparently there's one called Home of the Furies. Okay, and it's got all the the I guess the Fury fighters and kind of you know. Um, I guess records them and everything. I saw one person, so take this with a grain of salt, but one person watched it. He watched three episodes, and he determined that Tyson Fury is a very difficult man. That the reason why we're not getting those fights is he just is very difficult to deal with when it comes to negotiations. I believe it. I believe that once you get to a certain level, you're um, pretty much untouchable. Uh, No one can tell you what to do. Yep. And... He's just going to do what he feels is best. Yes. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our preview for this this week. Um, now on to our boxing news and notes. Canelo says, I can beat Crawford at 168 pounds. What are you going to say? He's just too small. Canelo Alvarez isn't interested in fighting Terrence Crawford, even if Crawford is willing to come all the way up to 168 pounds for that opportunity. Crawford more recently stated on Rogan's podcast, however, that he would actually go all the way up to 168 for a chance to face Alvarez. But then Alvarez wouldn't even entertain the possibility of fighting Crawford. So, what do you think about him moving up and him fighting Canelo and Canelo not interested? And you know, you know, I think in the last week, um, Canelo's been you know doing all these uh, interviews, be preparing for the Charlo fight. It's yeah. coming to happen up in two couple weeks. Right. Um, that question has come up constantly, and and I've been watching all these interviews, and he's finally said, okay, I think he's finally starting to think, okay, if he does come all the way up to one sixty eight, then then we can probably fight. Yeah, but maybe not soon. Maybe towards the end of his career, he said. But if he can come all the way up to one sixty-eight, then he'll fight. Because the thing is, if what does he gain from fighting, beating Bud Crawford? And this coming from a purist, I think Canelo is a purist. He's there to for the love of boxing, not really there for money. He's there for fame. He's there to uh, to accomplish all his boxing goals and not financial goals. Yeah, I think the only way Crawford's getting to 168 is toward the end of his career, right? Right. Because they get heavier yeah, and they move yeah, up, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not really interested in seeing uh, Crawford gain all that weight and try to take on one of the super elite fighters right. of all time. All time, right. You know, that's not interesting for me, you know? 
Um, so I kind of agree with with Alvarez. Uh, I hope Crawford's not entertaining this deal. Have you been watching any of the interviews with Canelo and the Charlos? I have everything? not. What's so? What's it's been on? very respectful. Even even Canelo is happy that you know they're going to let their fists talk, not really talk. You know the Charlos have not, or I think it's Jamel Charlo is not. You know participating in any kind of a of a verbal match, verbal matches or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just business. Do do you prefer the respectful or do you prefer the build up heated rivalry? Um, I think. No, I prefer the respectful. You do? Yeah. I mean, we got that buildup with um, Billy Joe Saunders and Canelo where there yeah. was actually punches thrown at the face-off. And, uh, and then we just have Canelo destroying Billy Joe Saunders. I like both. But if it's going to be heated, I need it to be genuine. Yeah. I don't need it to be to artificially uh, put in there to try to sell a fight. Right, right. Zerto Ramirez makes cruiserweight debut against Joe Smith Jr. on October 7th. The former titleist, Gerbolto Ramirez, 44-1 with 30 KOs, will make his debut in the cruiserweight division and measure up against a former light heavyweight champion, Joe Common Man Smith Jr. at 28-4 with 22 KOs of Long Island, New York on Saturday, October 7th. This is a 12-round clash and will take place live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas on DAZN. So, you, you, one of your one of your uh, boxing favorites, Ramirez, is moving up Cruiserweight. You like that? Um, I like that, but Joe Smith Jr. is a tough, tough introduction. He jumped in with both feet, didn't he? Yes, ch- tough introduction. Yeah. Um, but, man, that's uh, hats off to Gilberto Surdo Ramirez. And, uh, man, Joe Smith, again, Joe Smith is a former champion, Joe Smith yeah, Jr. He, yeah, he's, he's still a tough night out. Uh, so who are you picking early on in this I'm one? just going to go ahead and just stick to my guns and stay with Gilberto Ramirez. I figured you would. Well, according to um, Showtime's own Steven Espinosa, Espinosa, he says that the rematch between Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence Jr. could take place early to late 2024, or perhaps not at all. That might be disappointing and shocking to some boxing fans, but Espinosa points out that Spence um, took a great deal of punishment in the ninth round, um, and you know it might take a little while for him to recover. Okay, let me try to dissect what you just said from this guy. He said there could be a rematch, yeah. but it's not going to be till early 2024 or late 2024 or perhaps not at all. Not at all. So it's kind of a misleading, isn't it? You know, uh, reports so from Stephen Espinosa. From what he's telling me is Crawford ain't going to be fighting and waiting on Spencer. I think to- the thing is that the Crawford and, and Spencer match was supposedly maybe going to take place in December, but okay. given the punishment that Earl took, um, he, he just got to really take the time to mentally and physically re- recruit um, and recover and then face Crawford at some time, maybe in the late 2024. This is one of those rematches that I don't believe should be a rematch. I just don't. He got beat. He got beat solid. So you think that um, Crawford or uh, Spencer take tune-up matches before I, I think returning? He, I, I think he should take at least a tune-up match. He certainly needs a heel. Yeah, yeah I do. So I jump back to AI again, Daniel, all right, all right. and I decide to ask a boxing question. Best boxers, huh? Listing the best – Listing the top five boxers of all time. Again, it said subjective and can be based on personal opinions. However, some of the names often appear in such lists. So, having told you that it doesn't go 2021 and newer. Yeah, this is Definitely going old school. What are some of the names you think old school on here? I guess one of the names that comes up, and I may be wrong, but Rocky Marciano. He absolutely is. I was surprised that yeah. you were, were going to say that one yeah, first. Right. He is. Um, the, I don't Joe Lewis. I'm surprised you said that. Yeah. And also listed that. But the, I mean, but we're going far way back, yeah. way back with those That's names. That's the two oldest names. we got a little bit more current. How about um, T- Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson's on there. You have two left. A Vander Holyfield. No. No. Um, oh, Muhammad Ali, of course. Absolutely. Of you got course. one left. I'm impressed. Joe Frazier. No, sir. Okay. One more. Um, uh, it's uh, Julio Cesar Chavez. It is not. Yeah, Sugar Ray Robinson. Wow. Yeah, I can see that. 
Yeah, you can so see that. Yeah. But man, but you can see that's a generation itself, right? That's that's it one is. generation. Two, almost two generations. Marciano and Joe Lewis are a generation of fighters. And Ali, uh, Tyson, and uh, Sugar Ray Robinson yeah. are another generation. And and here's the thing. AI only had 30 years of UFC and kind of you take right, two right, off, right? right? Exactly. Whereas it has got to figure out boxing yes. for 100 plus years. I yeah. mean, aren't we aren't we at that stage? Yeah, because I think there's also like I don't know if you know Max Smellinger that he was one sure. of the greatest boxers sure. ever too. That I think he was a German boxer, but um, there's so many names out there. I mean Mayweather. I mean Mayweather the hands of discussed. steel, hands of hands of stone. Her. Roberto Duran. Per- Roberto Duran. Yes. Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Mar- Marvin Hagler. Yeah, exactly. Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar. See, and when you said Sugar Ray, I was gonna say Sugar Ray Leonard. Sure. Of course he's going to be on sure. that. Sure. I mean, yeah. and, and like you said, uh, Holyfield. Holyfield. And that's just Americans, right? We're yes. looking at the Mexican side, yes. too. There's so many. Julio Cesar Chavez is probably yes. one of the biggest Latin names out there. Absolutely. Um, again, Roberto Duran and all these other. You could argue Pacquiao. Pacquiao. How many how many fights does he have under his belt? Yeah, yeah. And, um, Eight division champ. Right. And he didn't make the list. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. That was amazing. I, I really like that stat. Do you have any other news or notes? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our boxing segment for this week. Um, we're still kind of getting ready for the Pick'em League. Hiatus right now. Yeah. Uh, me and you, though, uh, you went 2-1 and one okay. in the UFC because we had no boxing. I went 3-0. and oh. Okay. Wow. So we are uh, practicing. Yeah, practicing. Uh, I think preseason. Well, preseason. <laughs> uh, I think in a couple of weeks when we get to the next uh, pay-per-view, yeah. we're going to start start up the seventh season. Yeah, yeah. No, that'll be awesome. That's going to be something to be uh, looking out for. Uh, if you're listening and you haven't participated in our Pick'em League, it's going to be a great time to jump on um, and, you know, participate in our league. And as always, always check out our Facebook and Instagram page for any late-breaking combat sports information. Thank you to everyone that continues to listen to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions. Be sure to follow us again on Facebook and Instagram. Um, That's it for this week. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone, and keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you all next week.